to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree to shop and nail it. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Uh, Quarantine's edition, Sunday edition of Protonic Reversal this time uh thanks so much for uh the recent communiques communiques what is this like 1942 uh about the show and uh, recent episodes there's a lot of new people listening uh, thank you so much welcome new listeners thank you to the old listeners just thank you just thank you in general thanks thanks for for listening in uh returning guests to the show uh Three time guests. Uh, no, well, I guess technically three time guest. Uh, two time, two times episodes on his own, and one in the speed round of the episode one hundred episode, uh, where we had some ridiculous thing where we had a bunch of people in the on the same episode. It was like ten minutes segments each. But he's done two episodes on his own, but not in a long time. Uh, that would be episode 79 and episode 75, both of which were just about five years ago, <laughs> four, and a, four and a half and some change, I mean, along those lines. But anyway, super cool guy, uh, Mr. Josh Newton, Shiner, uh, Glaze Baby, Season of Risk from Autumn Dashes. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a dude that's you should know if you don't already know. And if you do know, then you do know. And uh, hell of a guy. Really interesting. Of course, the, the Shiner album, uh, Schadenfreude, is, uh, was one of my favorite ones of, of last year. And I've been meaning to have him on again for a while. Uh, schedule's crazy on both sides. Stuff happens, et cetera, et cetera. So really excited to be talking to him again. We're going to dive right into it. Uh, oh, Zileben Machinen uh, as well. Don't forget that. And yeah, thanks everyone. A bunch of cool stuff happening. I don't know, like insurrections and stuff sort of killed my enthusiasm for doing lots of episodes of the show, but there's a bunch of stuff that I've been putting off that's coming up. So stay tuned and uh, let's talk to Mr. Josh Newton right now. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Josh Newton. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for coming back. It's good. It's good to be back. I've, I've missed sitting here and doing this with you. It's, uh, you know, entire civilizations have risen and fell in the last week, let alone since last time you were on the show. So, <laughs> Yikes. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I guess most relevantly, you guys put out a fantastic new record, and the you guys in this uh, situation is a Shiner, which actually named as one of my favorites of the last year. That was in the uh, in the Best of the Year show. Oh well, I appreciate that. That's, uh, uh... Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't need to react to that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do what to say. <laughs> what, what I was gonna say is that the uh, the the title of which uh, for for me. A, a consummate professional who took three years of German in high school, I know very well. But uh, can you explain uh, what the name of the record means? It's uh, basically taking joy in seeing other people's uh, misery. Uh, and of course, I it's think. German. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what it, it is. is. It's, <laughs> um, which is funny because I, we, when I did, a, I did a band with Joe Troman, and we had a band called The Knives. Uh, and I'm just going to say a band one more time for the third time. Um, <laughs> what was it again, Josh? It was a, a musical collective. Right. <laughs> um, we also released an EP called Schadenfreude and, uh, or Schadenfreude, however you want to say. Um, I actually only took one class in German, so I'm not uh, up to speed. Um, but it, it was funny when Alan suggested it. I was like, I thought he was kidding. And I was like, "Oh, that's funny," because you know that we did that. Because we have a already. yeah, we had a thing yeah. that was called and that he was exact like, thing. Oh, huh? And I was like, "Fuck it, yeah, let's do it." <laughs> well, it's still so a good, now, it's the, a good title. The, the I mean, next band, yeah. well, I mean, and who, who would have known how uh, <laughs> timely it would have been? Really? Well, no kidding, right? I mean, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's shading for for the times. And what's funny is is I still don't remember how to say it. I, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I spent most of those three years with my friends trying to learn the most inventive curse words. You know, <laughs> like I, yeah. I picked up enough to like order in a restaurant on, you know, in, in situations and, and pretty authoritatively. But anyone that I know that actually uh, speaks German, they usually like went there and like mm-hmm. hung out for a while. And so they can, you know, just pop, 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 rattle off and, and, and meanwhile, I'm like, ah, this Plagatoich Nick's so good. It's Taba Dreyer and off the Oberschule. Bitte, bitte. And I just want them to, like, talk slower. And then it's like, okay, speak to me as if uh, as if I was a slow child. And we'll have yeah. all the conversation, basically. Spending too much time thinking of what the next word is supposed to be. <laughs> right. Like, is it is that is it going to be dare, D or DOS? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, taking pleasure in other people's misery. I mean, that that's that's some, something of an evergreen topic, to be sure, and uh, yeah, certainly timely. It certainly, uh, is. Th- th- as are many things right now. Uh, so, first one in first Shiner record in, in since the Egg, right? So that's a uh, that's been a quite the stretch. Yeah, it's like nineteen years, I think. Which. Uh, it was a while. Yeah, a little you while. Know, a little sometimes while. you have to let the, you know, let things let things percolate for a bit. <laughs> Got to let the demand build. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and by demand, or, I mean or, an entire new audience has been born <laughs> since then and come much, of age, yeah. right? <laughs> Thank you, nothing, for, for showing kids what the shoegaze is. <laughs> uh, did it, you know, recording this record, because it, it sounds, you know, I, I would rank it amongst your best. And what was it? Everybody kind of clicking right back into place immediately. I mean, you've done shows since then. There have been tours. There were reissues of the. Uh... Yeah, we've done. Yeah, we, we've done. I don't know, probably twenty or thirty shows in the interim. Every time we would re-release a record, uh, we would go do a bunch of shows for it. Um, 
this was going to be the full touring, yeah. the first full touring cycle we were going to do. Uh, oh, well, you know, there's always this year. Yeah, maybe, maybe the end of the year. <laughs> we're going. There's always, might be thing that happens. Uh, you know, once we've gone through COVID 20 and 21 and 26 and uh, all the other variations. Well, don't worry. I'm sure everyone will, will act very rationally and, uh, you know, take all precautions <laughs> looking out for yeah. their fellow human being. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for 6G is what I'm hoping for because 5G is kind of whatever, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. It's it's. It, I'm, I'm reminded of that onion article about the uh, the razor blades, the uh, the fuck everything we're doing five blades. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> yes. Back when there was that arms race for like how many blades you can put on a razor, which like really like how many do you need, right? But yeah, and and then yeah, and then uh, indicative of the times at some point. Um, one of them actually did that like with with no awareness of the article no sense of irony somebody actually made a razor with five blades and was like this is this is why satire is so hard now it's yeah because people are so ridiculous without even knowing it right it's they're all just self-fulfilling uh so the 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 new record how much of it was composed uh, like at that time um you know how much of it came from from stuff that had been sitting around what did like what was the process uh, for making all that well we started when we started doing things uh i think alan had gone through old demos from maybe even before we did the egg like stuff from starless oh, that wow. he had on an eight track from his basement when he still lived in kansas city uh which is yeah um so we we started kicking around those ideas and they quickly felt not appropriate and dated and um it yeah it didn't take very long for us to be like okay this was a good way to get going to maybe see if the machine still works but now we actually and once we started i think he sent me uh paul peep ho oh sure yeah which is that which is actually uh the title comes from his fake id when he was a kid <laughs> it, was, it was paul people that's awesome yeah which is such a ridiculous name oh, and B- it's bastard didn't mention that like when he was on this be. show like jerk oh uh, see there you go there you go <laughs> this is this is why i come to you for the real scoop man uh, that's right you get the real the real dirt from me um so he started that and of course it starts out like a chavez song so yeah that it, that, that's a pretty to, raucous uh, kind of uh yeah. from the more rockin' side of, of the shiner echelon yeah and it's as long as we're ripping off Chavez, I think it's a good place to start. <laughs> more, more bands um, should rip off Chavez for sure. They really should. Uh, so he sent me that, and I immediately had a counterpart to his initial guitar part, and then a part for the chorus, which was like, okay, we can do this. And then I sent him uh, in the end, which was almost done. And I think he wrote the later half of that. Um, and it was just, once that kind of happened, we were basically off to the races and there's nothing. So so none of the old demos ended up being new songs at all, but it worked well as a, like a prompt to kind of get going and get back into the mechanism of playing together. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to do this again. And generally it starts with he and I sending demos back and forth. And then if we both don't hate them, we'll bring them to Paul and Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Important impressing statement. Do you hate this? Um, or I maybe, you know, even if one of us kind of hates it, we'll right. still bring it to the rest of them. <laughs> like, because uh, stuff can genuflect. change. Right. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, with Genuflect, I was like, I don't know what to do on this. I don't think I like this. 
But of course, me not liking it was probably being embarrassed. I didn't have a part, and I couldn't figure out something for it. Right. Um, so once I finally just figured out I was going to rip off the edge, it worked out perfectly. <laughs> Which, wow. Okay, that's not what that's not what I would think of if I was doing like a detailed analysis, song exploder style of that uh, of that song. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my part is straight up the edge. I think I took it from the song Wire, from Unforgettable Fire. Well, you'll be hearing from his lawyers. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, not the part, but the actual, you know, the idea. Did you ever see that, uh, whatever, it's going to be loud, it's going to get loud. It's, it's. I did, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't need to get the title right. Yep. <clears throat> uh, the thing with Jack White and uh, <laughs> G- Jimmy Page and The Edge. Yep. And like how. The weird Michael Jackson impersonator, that old lady witch. Yeah, and yeah. the guy with the hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the fellow with the hat. I love how like every everybody kind of gets goes through. Oh, here's how I do you know what I do and like with the edge, it's like yeah, you pretty much just and he like hits one chord and goes and it does like yeah. the thing and it's like it's pretty much this yeah. and, and and what's funny is because <laughs> it's like for me that was a high comedy moment of just like well that guy's managed to make that sound like his iconic sound yep but there isn't a whole lot to it necessarily which is, which isn't to say i'm, I'm shitting on his, his musicality at all in fact it's almost yeah. more impressive to be like oh okay you're that's that is absolutely your thing that sounds like you know you know uh sunday bloody sunday is is, is like you playing like gang of four chords and like that's you know that's rad but when you think of the edge totally i think of that you know that 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 delay sound and but it's also uh side note it's doubly funny to me that when they both see like Jimmy Page do his thing. It's like, yeah, it was just a little something like this. And they're both like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. Cause I, even though I'm not, I don't really care about what Jack White does. I think we need him as a person and as an artist, you know, like it's kind of impressive to me how he's just created his own thing. He has, like, he has, and, and it's it's been emulated to great to great effect by some oh, artists whose names whose yeah, name maybe yeah. will not be mentioned. But uh, you know, obviously, it, it it struck a chord with people. And if the songs mm-hmm. weren't there, then the songs weren't there. But if the songs are there, then okay, cool, right? And, and I'm not saying you know I don't. What do the what do the kids say? Stan, I don't stan him. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I hate that. I know where it's from. I, I get I, the reference. I really hate it. But like, I hate it so much. It it. it really bums me out every time somebody says it i'm like oh, do you have to say that <laughs> uh but i always want to be like you're too old to say that yeah don't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there should be, there should be a slang cut off period no you're not yeah. i'm sorry you're not allowed to do that sir uh so the um oh yeah yeah so but but then like yeah by the same token you know you can sit there and be and be like well yeah it doesn't sound like six finger satellite or whatever and you're, you'd be correct that does not sound like six finger satellite but there you know there is like especially you know some of the white stripe stuff you know with with him and meg it's like that's just that's just good music like it's good rock and roll and i get if you're not into like the whole thing or i really get if you're not into the whole garage rock thing but you got to give respect that like you know there's craftsmanship behind it like simplicity yeah. doesn't mean lack of skill I think, Thank and you. I think Meg's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my or, TED talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the simplicity of Meg's drumming, kind of, without that, it would have just been like that other band from there that lives in Nashville now. Oh no, they're from Ohio. Sorry. Uh, uh, I mean, like yes. the black, like yeah. the, the the BKs. I have no time for that. Like, I couldn't care less. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, 
I, I guess it doesn't matter, right? No. That uh, <laughs> y- y- you know, one way or the other, like they're still they're still going to be have their cultural relevance no matter what. Uh, and coming from a different place, I think it's easy to um, it, it's easy to to denigrate it. And, and I say that something. And the reason why I'm going with all this is that Shiner's kind of like mu- uh, music for musicians almost, which isn't to say that all your fans are musicians, but every musician. Is uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They usually be like, oh wow, that's really cool, and that's really interesting. Like the time signature is weird. There's this cool thing happening, and uh, it, it sparks chords and imagination that way. Which isn't to say that like some of the songs couldn't be you know played on mainstream radio or, or anything along those lines. It's just a matter of uh, that's that's like where where you guys choose to go with it, and you have a developed mm-hmm. sound that that kind of. Uh, changed and, and moved uh, with the times over the years. Like when you were going back with the reissuing uh, of the old records and going back to those old songs, and especially like playing with Tim Dow versus playing with the uh, with Gherkin. With you Gherkin, know, yeah. Uh, you you know, does that feel like doing like a cover band of your own <laughs> stuff, or does it just snap right in, the, or what? It it did. I mean, I never played with Tim in the first place because he was already out of the band and playing with Ken Andrews by the time I showed up. So for me, yes, it kind of felt like, I felt like it, like I was like, I shouldn't have been there for some of it, you know, like, Oh, well now there's this second guitar part that was never here to begin with. Or <laughs> I'll just do the edge uh, thing and I'll just tick, 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 yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I saved that for the new record, but, right. um, yeah, there were moments, and especially like switching drummers halfway through the show, it definitely felt like vaudevillian at points. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, it was, but it was cool, and it was something. I don't know if we'd revisit it, but it was interesting to tour with both of them. Well, and there are people that have a lot of emotion uh, tied into those records because they, they, you know, whether they because they came up around when those records came out but they have attachment to those songs yeah and you know some of which like maybe in the in the way of aging people that uh, are into music maybe they are not inclined to even check out or be as invested into newer stuff even if they appreciate it but they have this deep abiding attachment to these songs so it isn't like you can just like i'm just gonna do whatever because you have people that are like I never thought I would see this live or I haven't seen this live in yeah. 25 years <laughs> or whatever it is. So there's like this added bit of pressure that you have no idea when you're making the set list of like, okay, are we, did we just drop someone's favorite song off the set list because, you know, yeah. because of reason A, B and C. <laughs> the, the baggage of being in a band with a history is interesting. Like you can't, if you want to make anybody happy, you kind of can't get away from it, you know? Because there's always there's always going to be the people who come to the show like, well, should have played, you know, Pearl from the first record or whatever it <laughs> right. was. I don't know <laughs> songs that were never ever ever going to play. Would have been great but, if you just yeah. if you just played this one song. It would have been great, but yeah. it wasn't great. And I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? You didn't have a shirt in the extra small, so this show sucked. Yeah, show sucked. Zero stars. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it, it, it's it is it's nice that there is that connection. That there there is that uh, you know whether you guys were a, a musicians musician musicians musician whether you guys were a musicians band or what there is that deep affinity 
uh, for these songs, and they connected with people, and not even necessarily when those records were out. Sometimes, in some cases, later. Yeah. Especially, yeah. and I, 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 one of these days when I have someone on that's been on before, I'll listen back to the other episodes. But that is not this day. But <laughs> the egg, especially, I feel like the legend has only grown. Like I remember that, like having that being a record that people uh, started to pay attention to when it came out. And 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 I knew who you guys were, but you know whatever. I was a West Coast guy, so you know, forgive yeah. me. But like I was like, oh yeah, Shiner, that's a cool band name. You know, and that was about the the long, the long and the short of like <laughs> what I thought about you guys. But then so everyone kept talking about like, oh the egg, the egg, the egg, and I checked it out. I was like, oh wow, this is really good. And of course, by the time like I got into it, you guys were pretty much <laughs> calling it a, a, a day. But of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, the legend grew, and the reason why I I checked it out was because there were so many people that were like, "Hey, you'll love this," you know. You need you need to check it out. Like it's it's, it's my favorite record, or like you know, whatever. Where where were you at when when that was uh, created? Because that was with Jay, if I remember if I remember correctly, right? I'm, I'm... Yeah, uh, we recorded it at Matt Talbot's studio in Champaign. Jason Livermore engineered it, and Jay Robbins produced it. Uh, it's not like it's like a stylistic departure or, or anything from the earlier records. Yeah, but there there is kind of like a a different kind of assurance that's with that record. What were you What were you feeling like in the band at the time? Like, can you can you take us take us back? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a weird time because. Uh, Jason's mother had just died. My father had just died. Right. We were kind of, we were like really thick in the middle of writing at the time when all that stuff happened. And, and then actually recording when some of that stuff happened. Uh, Oof, yeah. It was, I don't know. It was, we were talking to like, we had been talking to labels and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd been doing some dinners. Uh, Grand Royal was really interested. Really? Um, yeah, we did dinners with them and, uh, but they had just spent a million bucks on this band that proceeded to break up after, uh, their one armed scissor happened. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I've heard so of these they guys. I heard of these, you heard of these they, guys, Paul? Yeah. They, they basically ended the label, um, cause they spent, you know, spent so much on promotion and broke up. So that kind of went away. And then luckily DeSoto asked us back. So we had a label finally. Um, it was weird because Shiner was like <clears throat> jumping from label to label for each record with the first one being on DeSoto and then initially DeSoto not wanting to release. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what happened with I, the second one was on Hit It, which was a, not around for very long. Right. And the third one being on Owned and Operated. Um, so initially with the writing, we were just excited to, to get a label and have a little budget. Um, Which was a thing just just for, like... for the younger listeners. That's a thing that used to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For all you mumble rappers out crazy, there, <laughs> what's crazy is like having gone from like the budget for the egg was ten grand, which initially seemed like a lot of a lot of money. But then after I left Shiner and I ended up playing with From Autumn to Ashes, I think our video budget was like one hundred and thirty grand. <laughs> right. So. I was like, wait, what? How much money are people getting for this stuff? It's just insane. So, um, but anyways. Once, we, once again, different times. We were, <laughs> yes. 
we were listening to a lot of weird, like, well, I mean, I, I was listening to a lot of Radiohead and Chavez, obviously, um, and Drive Like Jehu, stuff I never listened to anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah um, exactly. Oh, yeah, those, those, not anymore, no. That's... Never, never daily. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely not an hour ago, yeah. <laughs> but there was a, a lot of weird, like, pop stuff that was being listened to, like, um, uh, who was that dude that was on Sub Pop, Eric? Um, uh, I don't remember his name. He was this weird, super Christian uh, kind of Eric, pop guy. Eric Matthews. Eric, yes. Eric Matthews. There was, a, right? there was a there was a lot of Eric Matthews being listened to in oh, the wow. van. God, I, first of all, I'm I'm amazed that I I managed to pull from the deep recesses of my memory well, before that. <laughs> well played. Um, I don't even. Yeah, boy, that's that's not someone that I think has ever been discussed in the show. Wow. Okay. So there was a lot of him. There's a lot of jellyfish. There was, mm-hmm. but there was like weird, like crazy production heavy stuff, but also super raw stuff. So that was kind of like the, the fighting of what we were doing and sometimes just the fighting with each other at practice. Right. Um, was, was, was that a, uh, was, was, was that as much of an influence as anything else? Just the, the, the interpersonal yeah. dealings? Yeah. There's always, there's always been, and things with us, things get heated real quick. It might not stay that way, and I don't think it's anything anyone takes super personally, but if something is not going up to par, we will quickly let each other know. So it's not just like the clashing of the chords, but it's also maybe the clashing of the, of the bandmates uh, that, yeah. that, can, that can cause like some, of the, some of the heat. Get some of that heat. Yeah, I think uh, it's just the way we operate. And I, you know, I used to think it was like... A, super toxic but then i was in a band with people that would punch each other and that was less that was less exciting what so, what uh, uh that really I realized that <laughs> yeah did, did we talk about this i don't know everything's down the memory hole yeah apparently you know i, I can think, remember I eric matthews but i can't remember what we talked about so there you go that that's it's, priorities but no i don't think we ever talked about it it was just a band i was in in the interim i played some shows playing guitar for this band and the bass player and the drummer would sometimes just punch each other a lot and As i was like does. okay okay this is this is where i step out <laughs> i'll see you guys later were they brothers because i feel like for some reason that's somehow more acceptable if you're related but no they were just drug addicts oh okay well there you go that's, <laughs> that, that explains the behavior if it doesn't excuse it at least yeah yeah very uh, excitable <laughs> exactly very excitable indeed uh so the so okay so 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 going back to after the egg comes out, like what happens uh, with Shiner? Because we're talking about this gigantic break between, you know, there's a couple of records reissued, but as a creative yeah. entity, Shiner kind of stopped being at a certain point, right? Yeah. Well, we did. Uh, we toured with Death Cab for Cutie for a bit. Uh, we toured with Jets to Brazil for a bit. We did right. a bunch on our own. Um, and then I don't really remember if there was like a specific. I know Alan was really itching to do a solo record. And. I wanted to do, I don't know, like noisier stuff. And I think he wanted to go more singer songwritery, less uh, bombastic and less abrasive, I think, which I guess he ultimately did with Life and Time. So it's definitely less. Um, it's less brutal. Which isn't to say that it's like easy listening or anything, but it's. it's no, 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 not by any means. It's still like heavy big rock it's just not 
there aren't guitar fights, I guess, basically, which right. is one of, one of my favorite things to do. Um, and then we just kind of, we're sick of each other, really, you know, too much time together. And when I look back, if we had just like decided to take a break, I think things would have been fine. But instead it had to be like, this is it, you know. <laughs> I think that's more common and socially acceptable now. Like, remember, yeah. if you remember back when, like, Fugazi said they were going to stop doing stuff, they said they were going on hiatus. Like, hiatus? Is this a TV show? What the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. And now it seems like, you know, everyone's like, oh, we're just taking a break, this and that. And, but, but before, it, it kind of seemed like this binary thing. Either a band was or a band wasn't. Yes, because it was defining who you were as a person. Right. Because you were, you know, Josh from Shiner. You were, you know, Conan from Replicator, like whatever. Like it's like that might as well have been your name. In fact, in a lot of cases, I wouldn't even know people's last name. I would just be like, oh yeah, you know, Richie Police Team, you know, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) there's still so many people in my phone like that. You know, it's just, it's kind of how it is. And I think that that's something that almost seems anachronistic now. Uh, But yeah, bands going on hiatus. Like that's more of a thing now. Like, and, and the idea of like, oh, you don't have to just go away. There's other ways to work rather than rather than like, oh, we all have to be in in the van, you know, playing yeah. shows the vast majority we of the year. To, we have to live together like the monkeys to be a band. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, which isn't to say that there there isn't a precedent for that, and um, th- that there aren't great examples of it. But it almost seems like uh, naive in a certain way that we just didn't culturally understand. The concept yep. of a like and and and, and 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 I'm going somewhere with this, but I kind of feel like it almost comes from from punk rock with the idea of like things just being born for a short time and around for a short time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because if you look at what was happening with rock and roll, you know, you have you had these like dinosaur legacy acts just cranking out like mediocre album after mediocre album. And uh, you had the people being like, well, that sucks. I don't want to do any part of that. I'd rather just, you know, when the, when the fire dies, this is done and I'm going to do something else. And then I think with maybe with age uh, from that generation and, you know, the, the one like slightly after it, like ours, I, I think then maybe there was a reexamination of like, well, that's true, but you also don't have to make a shitty record. Like you can, like if the if the fire isn't there, you can wait until the fire is there. As long as everyone you know isn't actively punching each other on stage or and or on drugs. Yeah, it's. I, I feel like, yeah, we just didn't realize it. You had to keep going. You had to think about this in a year at a time. You know, like you couldn't just stop and do something else for a bit. It seems absolutely ridiculous. Did you? Did you feel creatively there was still something for Shiner to say at that moment in time? No, actually. Uh, we wrote two more songs for the Japanese version of The Egg, uh, one called Dirty Jazz and another called I'll Leave Without You. And there were songs that ended up being on the first Life and Times that I think maybe Shiner played out live. Uh, but I was kind of like, well, we're never going to top that stuff. So right. see you later. <laughs> and... Because it's a I mean, great record, and, and to talk about, like, records that resonate with people, that record, uh, you know, like, there's, I'm not going to name any names, but there are bands that basically exist because of that record, you know. And, and, there's a couple. And, and that's, um, I don't know, I mean, is that flattering? Is that just weird? <laughs> no, it's awesome. I mean, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's, I appreciate anybody who took the time to listen at all, never mind, like, attempt to 
recreate some of the songs, you know? Right. I think it's, it's, it's super flattering and yeah, I don't know. It's strange. Well, cause it seems like you guys came from a place of, you know, liking things like Chavez and stuff like that, but also like bringing in like kind of more shoegazy elements, but in, in a rock construct. And again, it seems bizarre to look at that in the context now, cause that's not like uncommon necessarily. Yeah. But at the time it certainly was. Cause like, Whoa, that part sounds like my buddy Valentine crazy. You know, I mean, we were, we were, I mean, on the last tours we did, we were playing a my buddy Valentine cover. Yeah. Which is pretty kind of weird for the time. I think, you know, <laughs> like, Granted, it had been 13 years since Loveless came out. But. Well, and also at the time, there was no indication that there ever would be anything happening with My Bloody Valentine ever again, right? They were kind of this... Exactly. This so it was... Yeah. Only true heads and, will know situation. And there was weird things where people thought it was our song. Well, well sure. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's a more <laughs> rocked like, out version... It, but But if it's <laughs> a more rocked out version, real. you guys playing it, then it's going to sound like Shiner anyway. So then like that would natural... But then, yeah... You almost get pissed at the audience for not getting the reference where it's like, it's like, okay, well, well that's like, they don't it, this show doesn't I, come with footnotes. When I was in every time I die, we took out the Bronx to open up for us. And every time I die has helped themselves to some Bronx parts here and there. Right. Handily. Um, if not the, if not the ideas, uh, then some of the, the swagger, some of the vibe that the Bronx has yeah, unlimited swagger. Um, those guys. Yes, maximum swagger. Um, and so we took him out, and people would just sit there, like, not a lot of people, but, like, sometimes I would watch people watch them, and they would just be like, meh. And be like, how do you not get how rad this is? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you like this band at all, you should clearly like that band, because we both love Black Flag. Like, I don't know. It was just very strange to me that they were- it was just, like, the, in the next lane over on the same highway, and they just didn't get it. Right, but there's also the thing of it being kind of acceptable uh, to like something new. Like it hasn't been bought into by the right people that, you know, maybe yeah, people true. listen differently if somebody says like, hey, you got to check this out. Like this band, like, you know, this is a killer band live. You got to check it see, out. But that's the, the drag is like, clearly we thought that or we yeah. wouldn't have been on tour with them. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've always, it's always struck me as odd when you talk to someone after the show if you were on tour with another band, they'd be like, man, they suck, but you guys are rad. And I'm like, actually, they're way better than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they opened for us at Spaceland, like, you know, when they were first starting out. I was like, Christ, they ripped the roof off the place. I was like, these guys. Yeah. Holy crap. Like, it's, it's undeniable. But it's unless you're just, I'm not interested in seeing any band other than the band I'm here to see, which I guess is a thing. I mean, um, yeah. And those are the people that are probably going to buy the most merch. So yeah. I guess we need those people. I'll take one of everything, <laughs> two of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, I mean, Shiner has those kinds of fans as well where, you know, the, yeah. wh- whoever's playing with you, it's like, yeah, you're in the way of everybody's favorite band. So just be, well, I mean, react and accordingly. Like, when I, when I, when I mentioned going out with Death Cab or with Jets to Brazil, we were definitely the obstacle for those fans. <laughs> I have to get through this before I can see the thing that I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about you go, you've come to see Jets to Brazil and Gherkin is back there doing like spinning his sticks, you know, I mean, and probably wearing a cowboy hat or I something. I came here to see you a new know? rock it, Billy Joel. Come on. Yeah. It was just very, very strange to 
I mean, and Death Cab was they were touring for the photo album. Oh and sure, we were yeah. like pl- we were playing the egg in full. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah, man, that's that's like uh, having like you know like a gourmet vegan meal and then having like <laughs> a, a, a set of like barbecue short ribs from the best barbecue place slapped down the middle. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, I mean, but coming from having been in, in Glazed Baby, which was a pretty antagonistic band, right. I was kind of used to uh, torturing people. Not, like, to the point of, say, like, Arab on Radar would, but, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, yeah. similar. Like, again, you know, same same highway in a different lane, I think. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Glazed Baby, I mean, the antagonism is built into the name with Glaze yes. Baby, which we I did, remember which we is, did discuss. As we also discussed uh, a certain party choosing not to stay with Dave Grohl uh, on tour, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yes, he did. Can you, can you retell that story? Because I feel like that, that was episode 50 or something, and, and, like, and like years ago, it was a bunch of people listening to the show yeah. now that apparently don't know how to listen to archives or don't care to, and I don't blame them, whatever. <laughs> uh, we were playing the Vogue in Seattle, and we played with a band called Huevos Rancheros, who were sh- running very late. So the sound guy had us up there checking. And this band starts loading in. And their drum tech for the day is Dave Grohl, because Dave Grohl's drum tech plays drums in Huevos Rancheros. And I think he had probably just moved to Seattle and was like, just hanging out with his dudes. And we're like playing. And he, we finished the song. And he yells out, wow. You guys like the Jesus lizard. <laughs> we were like, well, yeah, of course we do. Uh, so I wasn't even 21, so I couldn't be in the bar. Uh, what, right, that, that old we thing. If we yeah. weren't playing, yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting out on the stairs, and Dave just sat out there with me for a while and talked and hung out. And then, I like how I say Dave, like we're pals. Um, <laughs> you know Dave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean Dave so Grohl? Yeah. Me and DG were uh, Deej. We were chilling as, as one does. Yeah. <clears throat> and then at the end of the night, so they played, I don't remember a note of Huevos Rancheros. I don't know if they ever recorded. I know nothing about that band. It was some Seattle band at the time, apparently. Um, so we're, we're saying goodbye to everybody. And Dave's like, so, hey, where are you guys staying? And uh, Andy, the bass player, is like, oh, we're going to stay with the bartender. It's cool, man. And I, you know, Dave's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, like, you fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could you could hang out and party with Dave Grohl, or you could hang out with the bartender. And it's like no offense to the bartender, but yeah, that, that's a pretty um, clear decision. And as soon as Dave walked away, I was like, "You fucking idiot!" Like I, I'm sure I sounded very much like Ren from Ren and Stimpy, but uh, <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. So that was the could have been famous, but he blew that one. Yeah, exactly. That that was the one impediment to Glaze Baby being world, world, worldwide. No, right? Yep. That's what did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, it would be uh, disingenuous. I'm sure there's not a lot of uh, interviews these days mentioning Glaze Baby, but we should uh, mention uh, Andy, Andy, Andy's passing. Yeah, the drag. It was uh, a not very surprising surprise, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I mean... I don't know if you have anything you want to say in regards to that. I don't know if you have to say anything in regards to that, but, um, you know, I'm sorry. Sorry that happened. And yeah, it was, we were, it's, we were actually talking about re-release or releasing a song that we did 
before we before I end stop being in the band. Uh, but now I don't know. I don't know where any of that stuff like all the reels and all that stuff i don't know where any of that stuff is he had all that stuff so and th- and that band kind of is a, dra- a drag and that band's also you know got a profile that's like just just enough to warrant looking into it but maybe not enough to warrant uh, like a lot of follow-up maybe necessarily yeah well, there was gonna be, well there was uh, we had been approached by a label to do some vinyl stuff because all besides the seven inches none of it ever came out of vinyl um and luckily, our old record label wanted five grand per record to uh, give us the rights to it. That's a bold ask. Yeah, yeah. So that that died quickly. They they did realize what year it was, right? Yeah, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And they were like, "Well, we want to give you guys the money." And we're like, "We don't want the money. We just want the records to be out." Yeah. So I mean, thanks for that. Yeah, you're you're gonna sell like a hundred and a uh, hundred fifty copies or something along those lines to people that are incredibly In a, yeah. stoked to like have yeah, those hundred fifty copies. But such a drag. <laughs> well, yeah. That that first of all, that's ridiculous. But uh, secondly, like, yeah, it, it was a bummer. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know Andy very well, uh, but in this in this new world of I don't know third wave noise rock and whatever the hell's going on now, um, yep. <clears throat> you know we'd interacted now and again. Um, it's a shame. Seemed like a good dude, and uh, you know it's, it's it's sad when people die, especially when they. It's a sad when people die. I, was, I don't know what I was going well, with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's it's just it's another tale of drugs, you know. Yeah, which is I, I was gonna say I could. I, there's a there was a lot I was about to say. It was like I barely know this guy. Should I should I be like rattling on? No, about it's. This? I but, mean, it, I think it's. I think it's kind of out there and known that it was drugs. So. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks to become like to do the typical rock and roll thing, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> one would imagine when one's in a band named Glaze Baby that one would not do the typical rock and roll. Thing, but, <laughs> I mean, know. that name is definitely my fault. So uh, I'm sorry if I've cursed all of us. <laughs> well, well, for me, it was like it was like a butthole surfers or gay witch abortion, where I was like, "Whoa, I want to hear what that sounds like." But I totally yeah. get it when when people uh, maybe didn't or you know, yeah, we. I mean, we record labels maybe were like, "This is going to limit your commercial viability." You know that, right? Yeah, and we definitely were just. We definitely operated in the realm of tacky with pretty much everything we did. So, <laughs> I mean, but at the time, you know, your flesh magazine and people were just trying to be obnoxious just because, you know. Well, exactly. And there was a that was a part of the culture and it wasn't necessarily an outlier so much as just indicative of, of the times. Uh, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that band? And, and you know, I think there's I talked to. Christ, who was it? <laughs> oh, I was talking to Justin Pearson uh, on Thursday. On Thursday, that was Thursday that happened, and <laughs> Thursday ago, yeah, Thursday ago, and, and like how there's like people like digging up Swing Kids, which is like, oh yeah, like Swing Kids were they were a good kind of like Drive Like Jehu Junior band, you know. See, you know what's funny to me is that name to me always. I've never heard that band, and I never cared because I know they were yeah. pretty, pretty Jehu influenced. Now. Um, 
but I was just like, sounds like a ska band. I have no interest in hearing this at all. <laughs> like that's that was just what, like big bad voodoo daddy or something. Oh no, they were a, much, they were actually swing music. Sorry, my bad. But that, that's kind of what I, I was like. That name sucks. I'm never gonna listen to that band. <laughs> Which it's a pretty bold statement when you're in a band called Glaze Baby. <laughs> I was going to say, way to be judgy, Josh. Jeez. Exactly. No, it's like exactly how lame <laughs> I can be, I guess. Uh, but yeah, like like I, I was, so what I was driving at that is I was talking about how like, I think that there's this idea, just the good side of social media connecting everyone. There are these communities that people can kind of speak to like-minded individuals about bands that maybe never had their day in the sun or like never were like big mm-hmm. bands or something. They kind of dig those up and can kind of geek out on together. And of which Swing Kids is one of them. Glaze Baby is another one where people are kind of be like, oh man, so good. Like how come they weren't big, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Like with no context. And in some cases, you know, some of the, some, some of the people saying this, where it's like, okay, when that band was around, you were like two, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, did you ever think about? Because that was at this point, that was that was a while ago. So, I, do you ever think about the legacy of of that band and like that existing in like present tense for people or anything along those lines? You just not think about it at all, and the fact that there's probably not enough demand to pay five thousand dollars a record for a reissue. I yeah, I I think there's a limited amount of people that like it a lot, which is cool. You know, I I like the second record much better personally, but. uh I don't know. I I think I think it's neat, you know, that people want to go back and listen to this old stuff and check it out. Yeah, that is something that yeah, well, and it's all up on like Bandcamp and stuff now, I think, right? Like uh, if I remember correctly, it got put up on Bandcamp last yeah. year. Yeah, it's on Bandcamp and I think maybe on Spotify and all that stuff too. Which is good cuz I have some a couple I have a couple of CDs like somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I never bothered like digitizing them, and it's and it's like I am I really gonna like search through like five boxes, and the reward is I get to no offense get to listen to Glaze Baby, and it's like no. I don't. You have a, I don't even have a CD player. I don't think. Oh, you know, there's one in my car. That's the thing. I have one computer <laughs> that has a CD ROM, so I basically would be taking it to like rip it, and then uh, and then playing the digital, and then at that point I'm like, why don't I just buy the Bandcamp? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I would much rather, yeah, if we're just trying to convert something, I would much rather just be like, here's eight bucks. Cause the, cause, yeah, because cause the, va- the van and the other car both have a CD player, but it's one of those things that like, I just forget about it constantly. And I never yeah. have CDs. Like, if I have something, it's like, oh, it's, a, it's like a reference CD or something. And then, I, and then think about it plays, uh, it, like, it plays, um, y- y- yeah, I mean, do you remember the thing about like how, like, oh, we need to listen to the mixes, go to the car. Think about how we used to travel with CD books. Yeah, and, they had the big binders. And probably, yeah. and probably DVD books. I know I was doing that for a while. No, you like, can fit way more of them when you put them in a book like this. That's insane. <laughs> I can't believe I dragged that shit around the world. Yeah, I mean, the the, the future, the mundane apocalypse that we, we are all living in right now, uh, it's horrible in many ways, but you don't have to drag around big books of CDs and DVDs anymore. <laughs> so there's, that's something, I suppose, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, take 5G any day. <laughs> right. So then, uh, you know, I think if I remember correctly, uh, last time we, we went into uh, some depth with uh, From Autumn to Ashes, uh, is that, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but with with that band, like, what 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 did you like learn most out of that band? Like, what did you get most out of your time with with those guys? Um, it was interesting 
uh, what did I get? I don't know. It was cool to just see how, I mean, I'm not saying like they were a corporate band, but they had like lawyers and managers and booking agents and like, it was more of a corporate situation. You know, they were on vagrant records and there was money for things if it was needed touring like my first touring in a bus, I think maybe, I don't know. It was cool to just do something completely different and go somewhere totally unknown. And it had its own baggage as a band because they'd already had two records out. And it was funny because I just went to go fill in and then I just didn't leave for like four years. (laughs) The old back end draft. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I just uh, yeah. He just never left. Being, he's still here. I don't know. I guess he's in the band was, now. <laughs> it was very strange. I guess he's the guy who's going to write some of the songs now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, inertia is cool. powerful. We're going <laughs> to completely change styles because this guy doesn't know how to write our old songs. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, I, I guess. Strange. I guess that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm driving at because that's you know in the a hold on to your genre type situation. You know, that's not always taken well. Like sometimes, sometimes it is, you know, blonde redhead yeah. pulled it off. Right. But yeah, uh, there are examples of, of people doing stylistic shifts that way. But did you feel like that was well received? I think the first record, I did two records with them. And the first one I did with them, probably not. Uh, the second <laughs> record. <laughs> well, and then the second record I did with them, the singer, the day he was supposed to start his vocals, the singer quit like he we were in uh baltimore recording with brian mcturnan mm-hmm. and music was already pretty much there was a, a good bed of music down i think all the basic tracks were done and all that stuff and the singer was supposed to come down and sent an, an email to us and our management saying yeah i'm not coming i'm not in the band anymore cool so yeah <laughs> We're like literally in the middle of making this record. Like the vocals and overdubs are the last oh, things man. to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was mostly mad that he had emailed everybody else involved before us. And like, really, that's that's he kind of just bizarre yeah, move. Pulled okay. the pin and threw the grenade into the room and just shut the door. And so we quickly, I think we were already kind of demoing it with the drum because in From Autumn to Ashes for the uninitiated kind of had two vocalists. The drummer would sing the choruses and the the screaming guy would do all the verses. But luckily the drummer guy could uh, scream as well. So he just shifted in the end, he shifted to doing all the vocals and didn't even play drums anymore. And we got the drummer from a band called Zeo to be the drummer, uh, Jeff Gretz. And I don't know, that record, even though it's not really the kind of music I would listen to now, I'm still, pretty proud of that record just because we persevered through the session and the right and just yeah, like that's a lot of adversity of, yeah yeah we kind of pulled it out of thin air and i think it's pretty cohesive as a record even if i don't necessarily love the genre i'm, I'm still pretty proud of it and what we did yeah and and <laughs> it, it's weird to think that to me anyway that i mean that that style of music was pretty popular uh yeah. for a while you know, you and you mentioned, you know, yeah, being on Vagrant, there being a budget and this and that. But, like, it's – I don't know if – I don't know, like, what – I feel like everything that happened over a year ago was, like, down the memory hole now. Uh, it's, which, like, 45 years ago at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember <laughs> remember back in the Triassic period when Fremont Bash uh, made that record? Yeah. It's – yeah. So that was, like, 2000 
six. There's five or six, and that feels like oh boy, a lifetime ago. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that, but we did we okay. did crazy things like we we're the first band on the main stage at Reading and Leeds. Like yeah. that's like what? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> we shouldn't have been there. Yeah. <laughs> Who allowed this? <laughs> <laughs> Which coincidentally is kind of funny because Kings of Leon headlined that night on the same stage who I now work for as a guitar tech. So yeah, it all, it all comes, life, comes life back is funny. Around. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. Uh, and I think, I think when I had you on the first time, we kind of went in depth about the whole fallout boy uh, situation, mm-hmm. the rotating stage. I remember that story. Oh yes. That uh, was so strange. Um, at the Houston rodeo. Yeah. So, so for, for the uninitiated, the, uh, the, I guess the reader's digest version of that is you were basically being, <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the official role name is, but you were finding cool guitars for them, right? And yeah, well, I was I was a guitar tech for them. Um, I was Joe's guitar tech, and then he... Which is a great job, because then if you're like, hey, look at this rad thing that I found on, you know, Craigslist. Yeah, or get to, or then it's like, get two, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Um, for, a, for a gear-obsessed nerd like myself... It was kind of the obvious perfect job for me to go get. Yeah, it'd be like you and Tony Ash. It's like those would be the perfect the perfect job for Tony Ash too. Where it's just like ugh, you're already doing that, so it's yeah. So you might as well get paid. <laughs> you might for as well it. get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of Tony's posts, and I'm like, I I generally have an opinion for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're not talking about Tony. We're talking about you. So you're oh. you're being a guitar tech, but you're also finding cool stuff. And and kind of being the gear bloodhound uh, as, yeah. as well. I mean, I'm. It's it's really bad. I am obsessively, compulsively, obsessively uh, checking Craigslist, uh, offer up, reverb, like just constantly refreshing, looking for the thing. I don't know. It's it's definitely an addiction, which. When you haven't worked in a year, really has been. <laughs> you know, you see a high watt for an affordable price, but oh well, maybe next time. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like there's nothing, there's nothing like economic tragedy to drive down uh, prices for cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. See Las Vegas and any other gambling town. Oh boy, yes. Some great great deals, profiting on people's misery. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, but you also the American way. It is American way, yeah. So, but uh, again, just keeping trying to readers digest this. But you, sorry, you yes. you played you played with them. I think at a radio show first, if I remember correctly. This I remember. Uh, uh, right, it was like did, a, you filled in on. A, yeah, I did. A, I ended up doing like a bunch of shows with them, and I oh, we were talking about the BBC thing. The BBC thing. Learn, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. This is there's embarrassing video of this. Uh, I'm playing Uptown Funk with them. See, this I remember, right? Like the other stuff. Like this I <laughs> well, remember. The thing was is they didn't so I was at my hotel room practicing all these Fallout Boy songs. They're like, hey, can you come to our hotel? Because we're gonna we're gonna do Uptown Funk tomorrow. And yes, I did just say that we were in different hotels. Uh that's some that's some that's some big time stuff there. Yeah. So I go to their hotel and I was like, fuck me, Uptown Funk. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> And, like, what am I going to say? No. Yeah, like, I yeah, can't yeah. say no. I've already committed to playing these shows with them and this thing. And uh, I never thought I would play that song in my life, but I did. I did on the BBC live lunch break. 
Fallout Boy <laughs> thing. But I mean, those dudes are all super nice. Um, I have not a bad word to say about those guys. You know, they. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be, have my current former career. Right, right. And, well, and then also, <laughs> you, you you would have had the experience of playing on a, on a stage in a, in a football field that was uh, <laughs> rotating stages. Yeah. So at the Houston Rodeo, what was strange is since it's in the Enormo Dome, uh, spinning, they drag the stage out with a tractor in the middle of. <laughs> Because of course they thing, do, yes. which, yeah, 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 and but people can't come out to the stage because it's all dirt and cow poop or something, so you don't see any of the seventy thousand people that are there watching you do it. Really, you right. kind of just as the stage goes around, you go by the monitor guy and the people that are there with you, and then you keep spinning into nothing until it's almost like that Will Ferrell sketch from SNL where. He's singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, and he starts vomiting. <laughs> it was very similar to that. <laughs> Beautiful. God, it was so long ago. We talked last time. I remember there, there, were, there were Shiner shows going on, but I think Zilaban Machine was still relatively new at that point. Like Maybe like the record had just come out something along those lines. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. That was probably – well, that was 2015, I yeah. think. Um. Yep, I, there, there hadn't been any shows yet. There hadn't been mm-hmm. uh, any kind of anything. So again, so so give, give me the the highlights for Zelaben Machine. And that was uh, you did you didn't obviously you worked with um, you didn't do the drums, but you recorded stuff yes. ahead of time. And then like, can you explain the process of that? I wrote. I was writing stuff for what was going to be a new season to risk record. And we haven't talked uh, about it all and we should, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the late machine. Right <laughs> now, yes. So I started doing demos for what I thought maybe the new season risk stuff would be. And, uh, people just weren't really in, into the idea of bothering to spend the time on making a new record. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to continue to, I'll just keep making these songs up. And it, it's called, uh, the Lieben machine. And because, I was doing it by myself on a computer with computerized drums and all that stuff. Uh, and so Steve, the singer from Season Risk, and myself decided to just yep. we're gonna yeah, we're gonna do a new record and this new band and I wanna rip off all of my favorite bands. So I ripped off Brainiac and Six Finger Satellite and The Birthday Party and Scratch Acid and I just made it into a new record <laughs> and Gang of Four and all that stuff. There's like there's an on the money friend, PIL cover, which is yes. A friend said it's basically like being forced to listen to a mixtape I made. <laughs> oh, wow, some friend. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so we did that. We played a bunch of shows. Uh, Gherkin from Shiner ended up playing drums a lot for it live, and the drummer for Season Dress, David Silver, he he did a bunch of it. Um, we only did like one real tour, but no, I real tour. It was like for a week, but, uh, did went down to, to South by Southwest and yeah, it was cool. We had a good time and I actually moved back to Kansas city for a bit, but I ended up being on tour the whole time I was back in Kansas city. So, uh, right. we didn't end up doing much. It didn't end up being a high activity. And I think it's the, the way that the record came together, I think is really interesting because the drums were remote tracked. 
Yeah, right? you're, you're Shannon, it, Shannon from uh, Minot, Greenlight the Bombers, uh, et cetera, et cetera, plays on two songs, and uh, little yeah. fellow named Chris Bullig. I'm a, and I, you know, I, I, I've, I've met him. I, I, I've met him. I've maybe been in bands with those guys for over a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and but when he was telling it to me, I was like, I was like, what, what are you doing? Because <laughs> it's like well, you tracked everything yourself, then you sent it over to. Scott Evans. Scott Evans. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Sorry, Scott. Well, I had posted on Facebook. I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, you know, I, I think everything's ready to go. I just need it mixed. And I sent, and then Scott hit me up. And he's like, it's ready to go, huh? Let me hear what you got. And he was like, oh no, we can't. <laughs> no, these. I I can't let you put this out the way it is. And that, I was that's like, what oh, you okay. think, huh? <laughs> okay. Uh, so he he had humans play the drums much better than I could have ever, ever, ever programmed. Well, well in pure Scott and fashion, he made it into a real record. Yeah. He, he, he got two of the, of the best drummers in the Bay area to, to, to yeah. do it, which, which is a, uh, and of course, you know, Chris Bolig, uh, cartographer, also fantastic band, but kind of like a guy that, you, you know, at the time you had pretty much send up like the bat signal to like, to get him. Like he wasn't like, <laughs> he wasn't like on the internet a lot. And yeah. Uh, so therefore, like I always said, like he could be like a like a session player, like a, a dude that like oh he's the new drummer for Queens of the Stone Age now, but he's not like a, a networker of any kind. What he is is a freaking mm-hmm. powerhouse. And uh, Shannon Core, you know, uh, same deal. Like a lot of people only know him for for this photography, which is freaking amazing, excellent. But it's like that guy's a monster yeah. drummer, like monster drummer. So it, when that all came together, well, first of all, I was like, wow, it's like this product was designed for me, <laughs> personal associations notwithstanding, because <laughs> I was like, wow, what does that sound like? That's cool. Uh, but it's just not the way I think of, and I guess now people are more into uh, remote recording projects, right? That like, that's, it's like not necessarily turns know, out what, uh, what, what are your, what are your other options right now? <laughs> 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 but yeah, like five, six years ago, this was kind of like a wild, like, whoa, they, like he, re, like he retracted the, like the drums. Like what? You can, you can do that. You yeah. can even do that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kind um, of, kind of weird. Again, you know, b- back in the in the uh, Cretaceous period five years ago, uh, I'm talking about now, of course. <clears throat> so you, so you make the record, you, you play some shows. The, the idea is like that. that this is going to be like a thing that you do w- when there when there's time and availability uh, from your from your work, but also from yeah other things, right? Well, I mean, at the time we hadn't even Shiner doing the music wasn't even an option that I mean we, we hadn't really I mean I suppose it was an option and we had roughly discussed it but there was no plans and there were certainly no songs yeah. being bandied about um it still it still seemed way way off so it was kind of like my only band at the time you know and, but it was also I'm not you know with someone who was on tour as much as I was then I'm not a fun person to be in a band with I mean we've tried to play shows together where it's like, Hey, how about I'm going to be coming through in, in August 17th. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, uh, you know, we had to, we had to say no to more things. Right. Like, you know, like young widows or photo crime. You're like, Hey, we're coming. And I'm like, Hey, I'm gone. Like it's, it yeah. never fails. <laughs> it, it, it's something that, that I wanted to play with. It was, I was always gone, you know? So because, because the, 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 the demand is that, uh, with the work is you have to adjust your schedule to, to, yeah. uh, to another schedule and it's, it's not going to be conducive towards 
when you exactly. know when, when people are trying to tour guess what the band it that turns you're working out everyone for... tries to tour at the same time <laughs> yeah, exactly. nope nobody <laughs> wants to drive in the snow it turns yeah. out who could have predicted so, who could have predicted that outcome yeah, yeah. And what was crazy about uh, 2020 was the, the one thing that was crazy about 2020 was uh, <laughs> right. Let's isolate the one thing that happened in that year that was different. I, I had somehow worked out my schedules perfectly with Kings of Leon and Shiner. It was like perfect, like yeah, flying from King shows right into maybe even the city I was going to be playing with Shiner. Just to, and it somehow it all would have worked out. And then I was, but I was still super, like anytime I had to think about doing Shiner or work stuff, I would get like nauseous thinking about it. So luckily that all went away. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out it was, you had a lot more time to reflect. Yep. It became my biggest problem to not a problem at all. Yeah. So I, I mean, still... I still can't believe we had to like pause a year of our lives and yeah. it's still, I, I still can't really come to grips with it. Well, and some that, you know, with, with, with some of the guests, that's actually how I've led off with like, how, how have you been dealing with all of that and like dealing with, uh, you know, have you been able to stay creative? Have you tried to stay creative? Like what's, how have you been dealing with quarantine times, man? Are you, t- are you asking me now? Or you just yeah, no, about- I, I, I'm asking, I'm asking you now, even though I kind of know some of the answers, but like, yeah, I, I'm asking you now because I, I think it's um, of interest for, uh, for a guy that is productive as you are. It's, I go through fits of like, I have almost a full song in a day and then I'll have weeks with, yeah. I can't even come up with a drum beat to try to, right to have to send somebody else to play over again. <laughs> you know? right. It's, uh, it, it's, it's mostly, I think it's been hard for me creatively. Um, when I take a step back, sometimes I think my method of over caffeinating and sitting with a guitar, it just not enough. And I don't think I realized how much leaving the house, even if it was just to go do anything, I don't think I realized that that actually does affect my, creative process it changes your headspace right just by changing yeah. location yeah and i mean i've been this is where i sit to do my music stuff too and it's just i'm pretty sick of being here yeah. <laughs> i think I, yeah i don't know it's still like thinking back to when i finished when i left so this year started i've started on a sleater kinney tour checking with them and then I left early to go do Kings of Leon stuff and we started, so I got to uh, Nashville and like within 24 hours or something, we had the tornado. <laughs> Which, oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like super insanely jet lagged that I had taken a bunch of melatonin so I could finally like try to get myself back onto the right time and the sirens were going off and uh, I was like, what is that annoying noise? And I would keep like falling back asleep every time the siren would stop, not realizing. What's that annoying you know, noise? Lived, it's, yeah, it's warning of imminent lived, danger, Josh. <laughs> as someone who lived in Kansas City for 10 years, you would think I would recognize exactly. a tornado warning. Uh, but I, yeah, I guess uh, I was gone. Oh, for it's so long. obnoxious. I'm trying to get some rest. <laughs> Can someone turn that siren off, please? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I actually slept through it, weirdly enough, which is, it was, it was like, it chucks down within a half mile of where we were. But yeah, um, yeah. so tornadoes, pandemics, this year has uh, stifled my creativity. <laughs> well, and I think it's understandable. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of people have tried to kind of get into new things like everyone's baking bread for a while there it's like yeah. wow yes everybody's so baking bread. bread okay the bread but i you know i didn't succumb to the bread <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm i'm not looking down at anyone who did i just Wasn't baking is too scientific it's too scientific for me it's too exact yeah but it, it, it's been interesting kind of uh well, well getting like a read on people and largely kind of hearing some of the same things, right? That like, you know, being in this, in the same four walls with the same thing happening every day, isn't actually good for creativity as it turns out. And like high anxiety yeah. over like national and global events, isn't good for creativity. It turns out yeah. Yep. <laughs> like what, what a oh, shocking and, development. <laughs> and like, so the riots uh, were pretty gnarly here. Um, yeah. Not as bad as, you know, some spots in the Midwest, obviously. Um, and then in the middle of the riots, we also had a crazy earthquake. <laughs> which, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was like a six point something or something. And I, in living downtown, I was like, this place is just going to crumble. I was, it really spooked me bad. Uh, so it, it's 2020 was wild, <laughs> to, put it, to put it mildly. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will say... On the plus side, it's been awesome for my relationship um, because as someone who has gone eight to ten months out of the year, it's been great having this time with my partner and we've really enjoyed doing nothing together. You know, it's it's been great. Well, that and that's awesome. Uh, the I, I guess normally um – Normally, what I what I kind of want to do also uh, also so you 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 get tours planned. You did do like a virtual kind of kind of deal, uh, virtual oh. show kind of deal. What was we, that experience? We like? did. Um, that was fucking nerve wracking. <laughs> um, it's weird because part of me is like, well, if we had gotten to play shows, we would have played that thing better and not been so like kind of stilted. And I guess when I watch it, it's not really as stilted as it feels to me right um but if we had gotten to play shows we wouldn't have recorded that thing so it's like it's a weird like it's it's strange not living like you know since alan lives in chicago and i'm in los angeles and paul and jason are in kansas city we don't get as much time to rehearse as we should probably um so that first show of any time we get back is going to be rough no um I'm kidding. It's going to be fine. We're, we, the kinks we, out. we practiced and we tried. Yes. It was just interesting trying to do what is easily, even though people think the new record is perhaps a little more simple musically. There's a lot. I put a lot of goddamn guitar parts on that record. So trying to decide what and how to like, yeah, how do you how right do you make that right call moment. of like yeah like there's only you know only only have so many hands right yeah there's only so many guitar like, pedals that emulate other things you're doing I screwed myself big time so in trying to make it as much like and we want to without using tracks or without using a lot of digital modeling stuff you know we want to use real pedals and we want to use real amps and we want to 
have sound come out of speakers and not through, you know, DI things. And, you know, I don't, yeah, pre arranged, uh, pre recorded tracks or whatever. We don't want to have tracks, and but I don't, I also don't want to use like modeling stuff. Like, I don't want to use XFX and not casting dispersions upon those who do, but it's just not something so I've tried roll. it. Yeah. It's not, it's just not where I come from. And I, I will, I like pedals. I like things that could screw up because it might make it better. I don't know. <laughs> it was so, in that sense, it was nerve wracking, uh, but it was fun and I'm proud of it. I, I think we did a pretty good job representing the record. So it's cool. It's a shame you didn't get to. <laughs> to do it more and do it in front of human beings around the country yeah i mean we we did play two shows we played two outside shows in kansas city yeah. for uh 100 or so people in like a big parking lot those were rougher <laughs> than the, the one we recorded luckily um but it's it's also weird because we never got a vibe of where the new songs and the old songs kind of fit in a set mm. gotcha so like when you're putting together Which, the set know, list that, there's a flow right so yeah you yeah wanna, not be so jarring. I feel like we, we still have yet to hit upon that. So hopefully when we come back, we can kind of figure out that uh, that magic. I mean, not that you're like, hey, here's the swing song, you know, necessarily. But No, I mean, nothing is that different. But <laughs> feeling it's we when we did the the concert thing, live stream thing, uh, the thing that was streamed live because it wasn't really, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it, the, the, I, the, I, I don't think there's, like, the appropriate lexicon developed for that yeah. yet at this point, which if, if we do this much longer, I'm sure there will be, but... <laughs> yes, someone's going to make up a word for it. Yeah. But I was just, I was I was looking to uh, that show uh, from the basement. Mm. That's kind of what I, that's how I wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which, I mean, that's basically what we did, our own version of that, without Nigel Godrich, ultimately. But, uh, <laughs> Although if he's around for the next one. Yeah, you know. We'll see. Um, but I really liked the Radiohead performances and the Sonic Youth and Autoluck yeah. performances. I thought they were all pretty great. And the Queens of Stone Age performance was great, too. Well, you hit on something that's important. And for me, I have, I have limited appetite for... I got to choose my words carefully here for, for the like, Hey, we're just going to throw the phone in the corner and, and, and play. And here we go. Like if that's, you know, yeah, all praise to anyone that wants to present their music that way. But for me, I like the idea of it being a more produced affair of like, well, if you're throwing something up to watch, it doesn't have to be like just amateurish and I don't want to say half-assed, but <laughs> just kind of yeah. like just and there I, I, existing for existing. And like, you might as well. I also don't want to like, if it's, it, it kind of depends for me. Blown out band. sound, you know. <laughs> like, I would be happy to watch security camera footage of Drive Like Jehu playing. <laughs> right. Drive Like Jehu broke into a warehouse and staged a secret show. Here's here's yeah, all the footage like, from the security cameras. That sounds rad, actually, yeah. I, I'm fine with that yeah. for them. But, like, the other bands, I need a little more production, yeah. you know. I need a little more razzle-dazzle. <laughs> Give them a little of the razzle-dazzle, Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, and and as someone who does appreciate the razzle dazzle, like I, I feel the same way that it, it's, but also, that's how I want to present my stuff, and that's what I want generally want to see. And I get that other people like they, you know, they they're more inclined to like click a video of someone taking portrait video in like a club <laughs> with yeah. like the worst like you know live from satan's butthole sound and like they like that better than listening to 
a professionally produced record that's nicely mastered and all that and i personally will never understand that because that's not for me but also like i don't get judgy about it if that's for those folks great not super of interest to me a bunch of people love telling me how much they don't listen to podcasts i'm like great i don't care (laughs) it's not gonna stop me from doing this what else do you not like to do yeah yeah tell me about more stuff you don't like please i'm super interested Like, you want to hear my enemies list of stuff I don't like? It's long, too. Who cares? Like, whatever. It's okay to be into different things. But, uh, yeah, it it did uh, occur to me that you guys had attention to detail with that, that I don't know if it didn't match my specific worldview. I I think it serves the music because it is heavily layered. And (laughs) the security camera footage wouldn't necessarily be the best way (laughs) to present that from from my mind. So I think that that's... uh, No, I don't... I think it would have been... I mean... I, I couldn't sit there like a song. I can I can deal with a song maybe that way, but forty five minutes of that, no, you know I don't know. Right. But I right. also have but I also have like watched shitty cell phone cam footage of Jehu playing with that organist in San Diego, and the sound is awful. Yeah. I can't tell what's going on. But I, I was I lucky enough to there. be there, and it was, oh really? It, yeah, it was. It was pretty amazing. I've told this story like 17 times on this show, but like, <laughs> but like having, you know, whatever, being in a park with like 3,000 other people, all kind of not knowing what's going to happen, yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly it, when they start playing like you know the first notes, it's like, oh yeah, it was so it was so cool, man. It was so special and cool. And then she even like the organist, uh, she played with them, but you can't hear that in any video. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was, like, the tones of the organ or the fact that well, the it's one built I, into the shell. You can't hear her playing at all. But she did her set on her own. like, right behind her. Yeah. So you can see John, like, telling her the next notes. Yeah. Which is great. I, I don't know. I think it's... But it's it's great. It's, it's when you talk about, like, the live experience versus the, um, like, a recorded experience or a phone experience or whatever. Like, you just literally can't... Uh, every video I've seen, you can't really hear what she's adding but it was kind of cool because it's like first of all i had never seen drive like jehu like I, by the time i got into them it was pretty much over and i'm like whoops guess i should listen to my friend when I, they said to check it out you know <laughs> yeah and one of my favorite bands ever so like we drove down to san diego to go to go see this and i was like wait the organ player is like playing with them like what what's going on like what's happening <laughs> and, and since then i saw them two other times and both times were objectively better but there's something very special about that experience yeah. That you know, no, no harm, no foul to people that you know were, couldn't be there, uh, and you have to watch it through somebody's shitty cell phone. But like it, <laughs> it's not even close to how rad it was. And <laughs> I guess I don't Good. know. That, that, that's a pointless story about how I saw a show. I guess, but whatever. I'm glad I'll never experience it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Josh, this is, this has been great. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if I had the show developed enough to to, to ask the question that I always ask the can question at the end of things, which is just why do you do what you do? I, it's a personality defect <laughs> for me. Uh, I just, I, I'm compelled. I, I, I don't know. I need to get this, not get this stuff out of me. Like it's, it's my art. I don't know. I just, it's what I love to do, and it's all I really care about ultimately. <laughs> for better or worse um you can always count on me releasing more awful music in one way or another <laughs> well i think it's anything but awful and, and i appreciate you coming on and 
we'll make it not 40 years or whatever uh, between next appearances <laughs> and also not rescheduled 17 times and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I really appreciate you. Appreciate the time. Hang out just for a second. Um, okay, brother. Take care. All right. Take care. See you. Oh, there he goes.
Paul P. Pogue by Shiner off of the uh, Schadenfreude record, which came out last year. It's great. It was in the, the tops of, of last year for me. And for damn good reason. It's a very, very good album. And I think it's a good, as good of an entry place into the world of Shiner as any, frankly. Let's go get it, boppers. That was Josh Newton. Cool guy. Astounding! It's been so long since I had him on the show, but uh, you know we'll, we'll 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 sort that out in the future. Uh, find all things Josh. <laughs> I guess on social media. Um, he's on Instagram. He's on uh, he's on Twitter. He he definitely spent a good amount of time being a reply guy to the president. <laughs> Somewhat recently, very entertainingly. Uh, Jay Newton on both those things. He's also on Facebook. Uh, most of his bands you can find on Bandcamp. Uh, ShinerKC.bandcamp.com. Uh, Zalabin Machinen. Very difficult to, <laughs> to look for. S I E L I E B E N M A S C H I N E N. German listeners are going to be laughing at that. But uh, yeah, for American audiences, that, that might be difficult to find. Really cool. Uh, underrated in the Pantheon. Yeah, so thanks for listening. The name of the show is Coda Neutron's Protonic Reversal. 50, watts of power. It happens on radionope.com, usually Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal. $1 a month for early access to episodes. $1 a month will get you there. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Thanks for listening. Can you hear me now? It's always appreciated. Out on Route 128. Stay safe. Take it easy. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Got my radio on. 